no doubt that was an exciting time for country music. I mean, it seemed like that 90s explosion popularized it and, and made it more of a, a worldwide phenomenon and not just what us, you know, small town country folk in America listen to. You know, it, it, after the 90s, it blew up everywhere, it seemed like. You know, and dancing had a, a lot to do with that. You know, people uh, started this, you know, this line dancing stuff started yeah. taking over. And clubs, you know, big Texas clubs were packed, you know, with people coming and doing line dance. I didn't have a lot of music that you could line dance to, but I started quickly, you know, looking at uh, recording some uh, because those, that was kind of how your music went viral before the internet is, you know, you had all these chains of, of, honky tonks and dance clubs that could afford national acts and if you had like one or two hits you toured the texas market and uh you know that the the big dance halls and so because djs would play your dance version of your record or whatever that or they might pull an album cut off your album and it might become a hit in the club and i think they even had their own chart and that was sort of an indication you could have a radio hit with that, you know. So it was a that was a big deal. Uh, the the dancing and everything was was huge for country music. And then we were, you know, Garth uh, included, uh, probably absolutely the leader on this was, uh, hey, country artists, you know, we can put on a show like, uh, you know, like Led Zeppelin. We don't have to we don't have to just stand up there and play our guitar and sing our hits. You know, why can't we have flash bombs going off? Why can't we have a rock show, you know, for for country? So when they when, you know, two things, when when you when it, it became music you could dance to and and a concert that was exciting to go see, uh it it exploded. And I, you know, I would say Garth Garth led a lot of that right there, but you know a lot of uh, a lot of other people are just doing uh, good solid you know at Rand, kind of the tale of Randy Travis you know who sort of set us back on the traditional sound and path. You know, it was just a good time. A lot of things came together during that decade of the nineties. I was glad to see it come back around. You won't find a bigger Garth fan than me. However, did, was there a dissension among the ranks when when it started going that way? Were there artists that were a little bit hesitant to you know put on that big rock type of show? Oh yeah, there was there was a definite rift. There was a big rift between uh, hat acts and hair acts. It was a big big rift because what happened was you know the marketing people you put on a cowboy hat, man. It was okay for a Texas guy to have your CD sitting in his truck if, if the artist had a cowboy hat on you know it was like hey he's one of us but out of respect to george Strait, i wasn't a cowboy i wasn't going to pretend to be a cowboy i was a farmer mm-hmm. you know i grew up farming and that's different than texas and ranching and cowboy and all that but um so i i was more you know hey the eagles uh the sort of the 70s rock that california rock i was more you know, into that, uh, like Haggard, you know, he was a California guy. Dwight Yoakam, those guys were, were kind of California country. In fact, I won my awards in California, you know, Academy of Country Music. And so it was, uh, there was a big, uh, there was a big rift between, you know, hey, don't put on a cowboy hat and Wrangler jeans if you're not really authentic a cowboy. You know, that, that was kind of my, my philosophy. It would be a, Slapping, but man, it became a marketing thing, and everybody started wearing cowboy hats because it was 
kind of masculine and 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 it was you could get the male buyer to buy music a lot more than you could get them to you know buy me with big old long hair me and little texas long hair and travis <laughs> tritt you know being a southern rocker all his long hair you know we were probably like the bat you know the the anti uh, <laughs> establishment i guess you could say but i i didn't do i was i was a farmer and i was a country boy and but I loved acoustic music and I love pretty music, and I I like that '70s soft stuff. I you know just liked all that, and uh, Haggard. I like the crooners, and so there became it was a big rift between uh, hat axe and hair axe. We were saying, hey, all hat axe are not authentic, <laughs> but all of our hair axe are authentic. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing ploy worked because it at least turned attention, and that that way people were looking at all of country music and and the hair axe at least probably benefited from at least that from the exposure even though you were the ones being more authentic <laughs> we well i tell you what we had the young girls at our concerts that was <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> That's you know that that was uh cause, you know i was coming up country music was the music of your parents you know it, it wasn't among the young folks and that's what really was so incredibly exciting about the nineties, I felt like a rock star, you know, in the nineties and well, I was a country music singer. And I didn't, we just never thought we'd ever see the day where, you know, teenagers and college people would be coming to a, con- a country music concert, you know, no doubt about it. And you were one of the ones, one of many who, uh, who led that charge and making country cool again, at least to the general masses, because I always thought it was cool. Some iterations I prefer more than others, but it's all good. And it's all country. Sadly, we're just about out of time, Billy, but I did want to mention before I let you go that you are touring right now, and in fact, you're coming to Branson. It's coming up in May, and you get to Branson quite often. I do. I, you know, I had a show there for about three, about four years, I guess, and I, my wife and I both, we love, uh, fell in love with Branson. In fact, we've got, we got a little property still up in Branson, and my daughter, like I said, is up in Springfield, so we almost feel like it's a second home. We, we spend a lot of time between there nashville and and florida where i live now so uh i'll be back up there in may actually playing i just found this out playing with the great pat boone i can't believe that pat boone and i wrote a little tribute to billy graham uh several years ago and uh, it'll be good to see his face again and i'll be uh we'll be at the legends at the dick clark theater i believe it's where it's going to be and i'll be doing some of this new stuff so hopefully some of your listeners maybe make it out. That'd be awesome. Oh, anytime I can get to Branson, I try to do it. I love going out there. Not too far of a trip, but far enough you feel like you're getting away from eastern Missouri anyway. Billy, thank you so much for your time and coming on the Honky Tonk Time Machine with me tonight. It's been a real pleasure. All right, Glenn. Enjoyed it, buddy. Have a good summer.